The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. In energy smack in the face to the West, OPEC issues a surprise oil production cut, just as Russia shuts down energy flows to Europe. The State Department's Amos Hochstein. But ultimately, this is going to hurt Russia, Russia's revenues, uh, and Russia's credibility as a supplier. And say what you will about Gen Z, social media, and TikTok, but mini videos are raking in millions per clip. The dad managing TikTok's two biggest influencers, Mark D'Amelio, joins us. TikTok has been incredible as they start to um, get involved in doing more ads and you can link Shopify up to it. It's going to be a revenue stream for big creators and small creators. Those stories, the UK's new PM and Bill Murray's crypto wallet. Huh? Oh, and CBS is making an $8 billion bet on healthcare house calls. Maybe great for the stock, maybe great for the company. Is it great for the consumer? I don't know. All that ahead, it is Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, fuel please. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. The gang's all here. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And we are kind of ready to get back to school. Kids first day back to school today. Summer's over. So are we. I'm kind of here. I'm kind of here. Physically, we're all here. It's raining out. I got in it. It's not even real summer yet. I landed at midnight last night, Sorkin. Summer technically ends when? September 20th? Is that? 21st, I 21st? think, is the first day of August. Is the first day of okay. August. Don't so mess with me. So enjoy it, though. Enjoy the... You, li- you listening to me? I, I, I heard, I heard. <laughs> so midnight. So that means I went to bed at 1. So, so you might you be grouchy. Is that what you're trying to suggest? I just don't... And, and if business news, there's a lot happening, I know. But if you have questions about the slate of Oscar contenders, I'm more up on, on that this morning, if you have any, you know, okay, well, Bardo, we'll Lady be throwing you those questions. I don't. Kate Blanchett's new, right? Right. So, yeah, because I was in Telluride for for that. Hanging out with all the Hollywood stars. Which they really were there. We they know. all come. Yeah. They I know all you come. love those Hollywood stars Scott. so much. That's, What's that? That was Scott. It was for Scotty is, is a big time cinephile and got to meet you know all the people he he loves yeah yeah summer uh, i don't know october's coming too i didn't like some of that market action all of the energy moves have really been something to watch you've got that in combination with the china lockdowns those kind of conflicting stories pushing right. back and forth well that's where we're going to go right now because the surprise news uh, over the weekend from opec and its partners came yesterday the group deciding to cut production targets by about a hundred thousand barrels per day starting in october now energy analysts broadly expected that group to maintain its current production levels. And remember, just last month, we had OPEC agreeing to raise output by 100,000 barrels per day. But that small boost was widely interpreted as a rebuff to President Biden, that after his visit to Saudi Arabia. Now OPEC reversing 
that small production boost to August levels. In a statement, the group saying last month's production adjustment was meant, quote, only for the month of September. The move being viewed as a slap in the face to the West. I think the bigger issue may be the China COVID lockdowns. The, the New York Times with that story right. about how more than 60 million people are now dealing with lockdowns there. And there's no news as to when that ends. There's cases in just about every so uh, offsetting, province at this point. Offsetting that bad right. news. Uh, to, other than just recession worries, it's hard to understand crude. That's for sure. So especially, and, and then your yields are, are back up. Uh, as well, and then yeah, last week there did was you read too. this? Uh, this is weird. Did you read about the oil, this leasing? How many? What's been leased? The, it was just yep. the raw numbers that got me. You yeah. got Amos Hochstein yeah. coming on later. And the fewest leases uh, in recent years by a president was 4.4 million acres by Nixon in 19. He leased out fewer than 4.4 million acres at this stage in his first term. President Biden's 126,000. 126,000 versus four. I don't understand. But that's like a fraction. Is my math off or something? Plus, if you want to talk about airline issues, I've got some serious complaints. So I yeah. know that, that okay. I, can, I know you like to do that when you have a problem. You know, my flight gets canceled. We I, can I, talk about it. I had been sitting in the front of the plane. But I wasn't. I was middle seated uh, three hours after that in it. So if you want to. Is that related also to the fuel price and the cost of that seat? You know what is related, um, I, I, I think, to the fuel cost is these sanctions are really hurting poor Vlad uh, at this point. So he can't fix that Nord Stream. Is that really, is that, is that well, what he's, he's saying? He doesn't, doesn't have the equipment because of or the, the labor? Or? out of Canada and the EU for doing this. But obviously they're using it as a weapon to beat back and try and say, if you're going to support Ukraine in the war, we are going to hurt this you is what in I, any way we you're can. You're going to talk about. I know, there's a great story in the Wall Street Journal about airline problems and how so many of them are based around Florida because so much of the schedules around Florida, right. they've had FAA issues there. There's issues I didn't even realize. Like a lot of the planes there can't fly over the ocean because they don't have rafts. And the space launches that yeah. there are more and more of has shut things down. Did you see the original Icarus? That was the I did, Award. and now I know that there's the, the So second. I'm up to date. You know, Bill Browder's in that a lot. And they, I, yep. maybe we'll have the, the, I told the director, he should, he should come on. I mean, it is, un, it is a snapshot into Putin and what he's about. That, uh, but it has a lot to do with what, what well, thank you for the segue, because there's some other energy news this morning, uh, going from Oscar news to energy news. Uh, Russia's Gazprom announcing that the Nord Stream 1 pipeline uh, to Germany would remain shut down indefinitely. That's what we were just discussing here, because Gazprom saying that Russian regulators notified uh, that it had a leak of engine oil in one turbine uh, was a safety ha hazard. Now, European gas prices surging more than 25 percent before uh, pairing those gains yesterday. Take a look at European stocks because they fell during yesterday's session. Germany's DAX falling by 2.2%. The euro falling uh, below 99 cents, setting a new 20-year low before recovering late yesterday. That's where you should have gone for the last week of August if you were looking for a summer trip. I don't know. It's a pretty nice place. I, I will say that. Um, tell you right in the summer. Wow. Gorgeous. This is weird, isn't it? I'm talking Oscar movies. You're talking like you. oil Look and gas. You. It's like we're we just can't get on. We're always I'm complaining about the airlines. You're <laughs> I mean, it's like I don't know. It's weird. It's it's, it's like fair is foul and foul is fair. Uh, is it not? Do you know that when a computer gets messed up on a, on a plane, do you know how they fix it? Same way we fix ours. They turn it on and they turn it off. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Boost that, your confidence that was, that, today? that was their fix. And it didn't work the first time. So we deplaned after being out there an hour. And then they did it again. I guess they did it a little, waited a little longer. Uh -huh. 
No, Would that give you a lot of confidence? What, on, like what airline was this? This was, uh, this was, uh, the, the skies, don't, the, don't. the skies were not so friendly. The skies were not so friendly um, as an alternate, but I'm here. I am here, yeah. sort of. You would think with all that, that government money, you could get better. I, I, knew, you, better I knew you'd come around, <laughs> right? No, not really. I, I'm look, they got us here. They got they, us here. They got you here? Yeah, middle-seated. Got, got I'm glad that they got you here after yeah. you gave them all those, that, that tax money plus your ticket price. Yeah. And, and they yeah. got you here. Middle-seated. In the middle seat. Did you get a refund on the, the differential? That's the, the that, ticket, what the really, they said, no, it's, you know, we're sorry, but uh, you're middle-seated. What happened to my, someone was in my beautiful seats that were in, in, in front, you know, where they actually give you orange juice before you Did you take pay off for those stuff. seats or was it miles? You know, I, some of there were four of us, so some of them might have been miles. Some, if they're miles, you can't. If they're miles, it's too bad. You yeah. can't get diddly, right? You're just lucky. You're they, lucky the miles are ever good for anything, anyway, right? T talk about a currency that's devaluing. Uh, right? no, no kidding. I want Bitcoin miles. Can I get that? Good line. It is. Therefore, I give notice that Liz Truss is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. I'd like to thank the 1922 committee the party chairman and the Conservative Party for organizing one of the longest job interviews in history. Thank you very much. Okay, Liz, Liz Truss. The UK's Conservative Party chosen Liz Truss uh, to replace Prime Minister Boris Johnson. She served as Foreign Secretary of Johnson's cabinet uh, and was not part of the rebellion that led to, uh, to his departure. She's going to formally assume the Prime Minister's title today in a meeting with the Queen uh, in Scotland and She's got a work cut out for her in terms of uh, probably the worst economic conditions in, since Thatcher, probably. Um, and she's Maybe a Thatcherite or became Maybe a Thatcherite. I mean, you're talking about energy prices expecting to, to rise 80% in the next month. going to be a recession. A There's almost, almost without question, given what's happening with energy in, in uh, probably Europe and... They were talking last week about how um, incomes for families are expected to drop by 10% or something, and that's the biggest decline you've seen yeah, in 100 years. $4,000 uh, energy bill. pound energy bill. A year. Yeah. Unless they heavily subsidize that, they've got serious issues, and if they do subsidize it, And she's talking about price, price caps or something, right. which probably won't work. We also have some deal news this morning. CVS Health has reached a deal to buy in-home health care company Signify Health for about $8 billion. CVS is paying $30.50 a share in cash for Signify. Signify's stock has been on a tear over the last month after the Wall Street Journal reported in early August that the company was exploring strategic alternatives, including a sale. Now, Amazon was said to be among the bidders. Signify provides technology and analytics to help with inpatient health care. You can see Signify shares all the way up at $28.90. That's still below the deal price of $30.50 in cash. I don't know what I think of this CVS deal. CVS at 99 What do you think of this deal? And I'll tell you when I say I don't know what I think of this deal. I think it might actually be a very good deal for CVS, the company. But I don't think it's necessarily, and this is the part that's less clear, going to be good for customers and be good for bringing down the price of Healthcare. In fact, I think ultimately the more integrated these type of companies become, the higher the price becomes. Part of the issue is you look at CVS right now, their gross margin is just under about 20%. Their ROE is about 10%. Look, in life, if you want healthcare costs to come down, those numbers have to come down. Yeah. And the point of putting a deal like this together is for those is numbers to, to go up, not right. to go down. So you have to start to think to yourself, okay, 
you add these doctors into the system, CVS would tell you by putting them together, they're going to lower costs because the doctors are going to get to you earlier. You're not going to have to take the medicine. All, but the truth is that the, the conundrum we face is that all of these guys are actually too integrated. In fact, one of the reasons that I think there's too little competition is because there's been so much strange either integration or lack of integration that prevents actually the price from actually coming down. You look at what Mark Cuban's trying to do with, with, with drug prices. If CVS or any of these drug companies or, or, or healthcare pharmaceutical companies or pharmacy companies were serious about this, they would be taking down prices in a completely different way. This actually does a very different thing. Again, maybe great for the stock, maybe great for the company. Is it great for the consumer? I don't know. What about Amazon involved in all this? Amazon, what will Amazon do to the price of healthcare? You would think it would help, wouldn't it? I've always thought that Amazon, but they've, they've looked, they've played, they haven't really landed the plane, talking about planes. I don't know. But yes, you would think that one day with prime service and the scale that they have, if they really put their mind to it and wanted to play the game, they could. I also think that they're a little anxious about playing that game for real because if you think that they have, well, I think it's hard, but I also think if you think that they're under regulatory scrutiny now, forget about it when you put them into the healthcare business. Well, CVS and Aetna together, I will say, as somebody who was an Aetna customer at the time and is still a CVS customer, um, it did seem like they found some ways to kind of save and and cut costs and make it a little better around the edges. I I don't know in terms of what their claims, you know, whether they've gotten better or worse, because I'm not an Aetna customer anymore. But the CVS stuff, it does seem like they streamlined it and improved it in some ways. Um, You're right. The goal for this is to get the return on equity and return on investment higher. And um, it's... Amazon's going to do... And back to to my world, the, the, the latest movie from this Inaritu gentleman, Bardo. Amazon's buying Baja, California. Buying the entire place. So that's, uh, bring it all back. They may. For, where, for warehousing or for shipping or for um, what? I just for think they, they think it's a pretty great investment down there, but that's one of the premises of this wacky three and a half hour thing that you're going to probably see and tell me about when, when you see it. I don't know. You might not make it through the three and a half hours. I was. That, that, that doesn't sound like a. This is a Revenant guy, Birdman. I mean, he's. But that's he's not a, a two thumbs up review for you? That's a. That's, I actually, if it wasn't quite as long, there, it had its moments where you need to sort of suspend any type of logic or it's kind of a lot of, a lot of dream sequences, Andrew. So. I think I'm out. Huh? I think I'm out. He's a very like intellectual. I think she heard three and a half hours, and that was, that was all she <laughs> Maybe needed to hear. Maybe it might only be three, but it felt, you right. know. Oh, there's a selling point. Yeah. Actor Bill Murray's crypto account was hacked last week. It came just hours after the closing of Murray's NFT auction that raised about $185,000 for charity. A hacker drained those funds directly from Murray's personal wallet. Murray's wallet security team from an NFT consultancy stepped in to try and shield the actor's collection of NFTs by moving them into a pair of safe house wallets. Even though the original money raised in the charity auction was stolen, a runner-up in that auction stepped in and donated the amount of money that was lost to Chive Charities. That was the charity that was supposed to benefit from all of this. And by the way, if you take a look at CryptoCoin this morning, uh, up mostly across the board, you've got Bitcoin and Ether up, Litecoin a little bit lower, but Solana and XRP up as well. Just another example of how ridiculous so much of this really is. Though. But, but, I want to be able to call JP Morgan or call Bank of America, get my money. This I whole idea that you can lose wallet, it is crazy. I thought you were less likely right. to have a problem if you had the private How do you nope. hack a private, private wallet? private wallet actually, in a weird way, exposes you more. 
cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, Russian oil producer Gazprom shutting down its Nord Stream Pipeline 1 indefinitely. The catastrophic fallout for a Europe already in crisis. We'll hear from the special presidential coordinator for international energy affairs. That's Amos Hochstein. He is the guy on the White House's energy policy. Russia has dropped all the pretexts. They used to give all kinds of excuses that they had to shut down pipelines for maintenance. What they really are is using energy as a weapon. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. Stand under by in three, two, one, cue Andrew. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. And the gang is back. For good. And it is, it's forever. Post Labor Day and the sprint is on. It's always a sprint from here to like Thanksgiving, here to Christmas, right? Don't you feel that way? No, they're like sprinting, sprinting a marathon. Go into February with ATT. Yeah, I want to slow everything down. <laughs> I'm making headlines this morning. Volkswagen uh, plans to spin off its Porsche business in an IPO. And let's say that the offering could value Porsche at as much as $84 billion. Uh, the, the Porsche family heirs who own a majority stake in VW, have agreed to purchase preferred shares at a premium in order to retain a blocking minority, giving them effective control over major strategic decisions. But this is all about, uh, you know, you need money uh, to transition. And I, I, I like the looks of the, the Taycan. Does it uh, displace anyone who really wants to buy a, uh, one of the high-end Teslas? Is it, the, is it as good, Thorkin? Is the software as good? Is I don't know. The, what's the pricing? It's ex, they're both expensive. I know. They're both one-percenter problems, but I'm just wondering whether the actual technology, whether Porsche, the, the perception is that no one's really gotten to uh, the ease of use and simplicity and everything else that, that Questions the, the also Tesla the interior, um, how tricked out it is. Teslas aren't tricked out at all. That seems to be part of the uh, part of the, the one you like. I'm just waiting. Apple, you know, has this big announcement tomorrow about the phone. But I'm no, but I'm so super excited about what they're doing to the car display, which is going to be in so many different cars. People are afraid to come to work because their watch is going to get stolen. That's the solution. We're one of those crappy eye watches. I mean, who's going to steal one of those things? Nobody. I mean, they'd say keep it, right? They might even give you some that they and you, you stopped wearing it, didn't you? I wear it occasionally. I, I, I don't wear it. I don't wear it all day, every day, the way There's I used to. I, my aura you know, ring. My aura ring is the thing. And by the way, it. how were you I'm, last night? Mine is. Good. I know you didn't sleep last bad. night. I was so anxious. This was like coming back to school. You were like anxious. First day of school. You were, 
Today, you I had- You anxious? Anxious. You? I couldn't sleep. I was thinking so much about we're all going to be back. It's going to be, you know, we're, the sprint begins. Here we go. I was anxious, only because my kids are going to sleep. You got to be kidding me. Could not sleep. <laughs> you have to be kidding. Didn't sleep a wink. I didn't. You were worried about coming really? back to oh, us? Oh, yes. In fact, my readiness, 66, it says, give yourself a break. So I hope you'll all give me a break this morning. You've had a break for like three months, all right? Just, just telling you what's going on here. Right now, for a closer look at the falling U.S. gas prices and the OPEC production cut over the weekend, let's welcome Amos Hochstein. He is Special Presidential Coordinator for International Energy Affairs. And Amos, let's, let's talk about this uh, idea of where we stand with Nord Stream right now, what that means for Europe over the winter, and what it means potentially for prices here. What do you think? Well, first, Becky, thank you for having me. And uh, uh, Russia has dropped all the pretexts. They used to give all kinds of excuses that they had to shut down pipelines for maintenance or for all kinds of imaginary disruptions. Uh, and they, we've always known that Russia lies about those issues, that what they really are is using energy as a weapon. And they ultimately have done that uh, and proven and admitted and re removed all pretext uh, and, and declared a, uh, using energy as a, as a weapon against European citizens. The reality is, though, that the United States has been warning about this. Uh, Europe and Germany in particular have been preparing for this, and the storage levels in Europe are fuller at this point than they have been in years, uh, and they will reach pretty much full storage by the time the heating season starts. Unfortunately, that is not enough to carry through the winter, uh, and we are working hand-in-hand uh, -hand between the United States and European leaders to identify uh, what we can do to make sure that uh, Europeans are secure through the winter. Uh, but ultimately, Becky, this is going to hurt Russia, Russia's revenues, uh, and Russia's credibility as a supplier and a reliable uh, supplier at that are completely destroyed, not only for now during this conflict, but for the very long term. We've certainly seen the plans that are put in place over the long term, but those will take years to kind of um, make them come to fruition. I think the bigger question almost is what happens? How resolute are we in terms of making sure we help our European allies if it means that prices go up here? There's already been talk of potentially stopping um, LNG exports from this country because prices, we don't want them to go higher here and hurt consumers here. Who wins out? What's more important, protecting consumers here or making sure we shore up our European allies who are being hurt because of their support for Ukraine? Well, Becky, we want to do both. We want to protect the American consumer uh, and, and we want to make sure that Europe and the United States stay united and resilient in our uh, stance against Russia's brutal attacks in Ukraine. Uh, and so far, that is, that is what we've done, and that's what we're going to continue to do. The United States price for natural gas, as you know, uh, rose a couple of dollars, and we're, we're now at you know, $8 and change, uh, compared to Europe at $80. Uh, I think it went down a few dollars to 70 But that just shows you the, the disconnect. Natural gas is not a global uh, product uh, and commodity, and uh, it needs, requires a lot of infrastructure. So there is, we are exporting right now at our maximum limit, uh, knowing that taking into account that one of our facilities in the United States was damaged by fire and had to go 
uh, was went down. So that's 20 percent of our exports are down. It won't come back for a little while. Almost just to be clear, though, this administration would not support any calls to limit LNG exports, even if it means prices go up for consumers. Peggy, I, I don't want to deal with any hypothetical of what's going to happen. I think for now, what we've seen throughout this dramatic rise in prices, even even during the dramatic price uh, increase in Europe, the prices in the United States have remained stable. So let's uh, let's handle that question if it, if it comes to it. But for now, we have been committed, and the president uh, himself uh, signed a uh, an announcement with the president of the EU Commission on March 25 that uh, talked about increasing LNG exports from the United States to Europe, redirecting it from other places. We've done that. Uh, we have significantly increased the LNG exports in the United States to Europe. Now, that's not increasing the total LNG exports. That's capped at our infrastructure limit. But we have made sure to prioritize Europe. And we've also made sure that there is additional natural gas and LNG from other parts of the world that can become available to Europe. And that's how we've been able to fill the storage. And we're going to continue to do that. Almost the administration has pushed back on any uh, criticism that's come saying that the Biden administration has not done everything it could to try and lower energy prices. Um, there's a story on the front page of the Wall Street Journal today that says leasing is down exponentially under the Biden administration versus the Trump administration before it. I believe down 97 percent for leases versus Donald Trump just in the first 19 months of this administration. They say that there were only 126,000 acres that were leased through August 20th for the first 19 months of office. That's the lowest we've seen in the post-World War II era. The second lowest was under President Nixon, and that was 4.4 million. So substantially, substantially higher than anything we've seen to this, to this point. Can you explain why that is? So, Becky, let's, let's uh, walk through that. For now, as we stand today, the U.S. industry has plenty of acreage to be able to drill on. It doesn't need additional acreage to drill, and they, they've said so themselves. They're sitting on a lot of leases that they can uh, drill. And we've, in fact, the administration has encouraged oil companies in the United States to take their record profits that they showed at the end of the second quarter, uh, and literally record profits, and invest those into additional drilling. There is no there's no lack of uh, acreage uh, or leases for companies to be able to increase production at the moment. And we've called on them to do that. In fact, production is up uh, in the United States and continues to go up, uh, which is uh, both natural because of the price environment and our encouragement. Uh, and prices, uh, as, as you've noted, with all that has been said, the price of oil has gone down almost $30. Um, since the last 12 weeks. And price at the pump has gone from over $5 to today just around $3.50 for most Americans, uh, $3.70 or so uh, on average. So that is a dramatic decline in prices. So I don't think that the problem right now is on the fact that the oil companies don't have what they need to increase production. And we continue to call on them uh, to increase that production, to increase and to maintain the high levels of refining uh, capacity that we've seen. But uh, almost if, if the president, as a Democrat, when he was you know, campaigning, he pledged to stop drilling on federal lands as a candidate. When you go from, now Harry Truman, we didn't know how to do any deep water drilling back then. That's the last time you were anywhere near a number like this. I, don't just, I just don't see how you can attribute that to they've already got enough. You go from the lowest ever was 4.4 million acres 
for under President Nixon. You're at 126,000 acres. Why did every other president, if there were plenty of leases out there, then the oil companies just weren't using them. Like you, you, that's the talking point that this administration uses and all of its defenders every single time is that there's plenty to, to do and they're just, they're sitting on their hands. 4.4 million acres to 162,000. You don't think that is a, in the, you know, prior to the energy crisis, that was something that Democrats bragged about. We've shut down production of hydrocarbons. Now you don't even admit it. Joe, what I'm trying to say is if you take a, if you divert your eyes away from just the small, or rather expand your vision to the, the broader context here, it's not just about how much lease leases, and I haven't seen the article yet, but how many leases have been given this year, but look at how many leases are available right now in the hands of industry. They have what they need. When I've, I meet with, you know this, I meet with the industry regularly. I don't get complaints from industry. I get it more from, from media and outside groups, but not from industry that they are trying to get more acreage. They have what they need in order to increase production. And in fact, they are increasing production. We are nearing record production. Uh, in the United States. And that's not the issue. And Joe, you, you keep talking about the energy crisis. I, I would say that uh, prices under this administration, we have to deal, we had to deal with a war in Europe involving the third largest oil producer in the world, uh, a resurgence of growth and demand. And as, as Becky said earlier, people, millions of people coming back to, uh, or Brian, coming back to work, uh, driving more. Uh, driving season was healthy. The labor Labor Day weekend had a huge increase in gasoline demand, and yet we have been able to see a precipitous drop in gasoline prices at the pump. We've seen a drop in oil prices, uh, and against all prediction to the contrary. So I agree with you. We need to work with the, with the industry, and we'll continue to do that. But I, I believe that they have what they need at the moment, and we are open at any moment to have the conversation with the industry to understand what do they need right now to increase production to support us. 85 is not great, almost. And you know it, it hasn't been from an increase in supply. In fact, OPEC's actually cutting. And it's been on recession worries and, and slowdown worries and a recession coming in, in Europe and, and probably in the UK. So when prices come down because of, of the Fed and demand you know, softening and, and possibly a slowing economy, that's not from any efforts from the administration to increase supply. That's just, that's unfortunately, well, you know, the, the negative Joe, side I, of things. I, and and 80s, 85 is not great. That's to double what it was, you know, two years ago. So, Joe, a couple of things. One, I, you and I agree at one point, 85 is not a good price, and we'd right. like to see it go lower. Well, you, you but the idea it that it's price. not on, but, but the idea, <laughs> no, I'm saying that it's great to reduce prices from 120 or 117 uh, right. to it's 85. That, thing. you and I can agree, is, is better. Right. Come on. Um, but uh, we want to see it lower. But to say that the administration, that it's only on fears of recession, I think is, un, is unfair. The, um, the administration released a million barrels a day since May. That's an enormous increase in supply, uh, coupled with an increase in supply from the rest of the world of, to the tune of 60 million barrels. That's an enormous uh, increase of supply. Uh, while the OPEC did some token uh, 100,000 up or down yesterday, um, Libya, the Libyan conflict uh, stabilizing a little bit, allowing another six to 700,000 barrels a day to come back on the market uh, since July, since the middle of mid late July. Uh, that is that is increase of supply. And uh, if you remember the OPEC increase in July and August 
uh, was significantly larger. And we just a few days ago saw the numbers for, you know, looking back at August, that there was a significant increase in supply coming out of OPEC uh, during August. So there has been a supply increase onto the market. There's also been an increase in the United States. And you're right, there are concerns that, uh, you know, every time I come on your show, somebody asks me about, you know, Chinese lockdowns and what happens when they come down uh, or come off. China has not been able, has been struggling with COVID, struggling with their economy. And uh, so demand there is down, that's true. But I think the story, I don't want to mix the stories. In Europe, the story is not an oil story uh, or gasoline. It's a natural gas story, and we're very worried about it and working closely with them. In the United States, it has been much more about gasoline, and there we've brought the prices down, as you said, as we've said, from $5 to about $3.70 or so uh, on average. So I think that it's a mixed, it's a mix, but we're doing everything we can, I promise you. Amos Hochstein is the special presidential coordinator for Inter uh, International Energy Affairs, obviously has, has his hands full with everything that's going on around the globe. Amos, we appreciate your time today. Coming up on Squawk Pod, the best paid influencers on TikTok. Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio are launching their own brand, so we're talking to the dad managing their millions, Mark D'Amelio. The For You page and the algorithm, whatever your interests are, it seems to find you. Instagram is is doing that with, with reels, and then YouTube's also doing it with shorts, but the algorithm with TikTok is just incredible. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. I'm producer Katie Kramer. So I was off last week, and yesterday, when getting ready to get back into work, I saw on Andrew Ross Sorkin's Instagram story, Sorkin says, is his handle, by the way, a picture of the D'Amelio family with, if you know, you know. Well, I did not know. But the D'Amelio family is one of the newest social media empires. I'm Dixie. And I'm Charlie. Oh, Sisters Charlie and Dixie started a few years ago posting on TikTok, lip sync, and dance videos filmed in their suburban bedrooms. And they took off, really took off, not just setting trends for dance moves online and at your nearest Gen Z birthday parties, but scoring brand deals with the likes of Puma and Valentino. Even their silliest, true teenager videos. Think Dixie blowing a piece of tissue out of her nose. Well, that has nearly 19 million views, and it was from about two years ago. Today, the pair has about 200 million followers between them and are the highest paid influencers on TikTok. Hey guys, it's Charlie, and I have something very exciting to share with you guys. In 2021, younger sister Charlie earned $17.5 million in endorsement deals, according to Forbes. Charlie. 
This is why we don't let teenagers in the office. And new this morning, the D'Amelio family, Charlie, Dixie, and parents Heidi and Mark, they are announcing a new business venture, D'Amelio Brands, with a seed investment from notables like Fanatics billionaire Michael Rubin and social entrepreneur Richard Rosenblatt, known for the early growth of MySpace. This new company will manage their brand deals, as well as Charlie's and Dixie's likenesses, and its estimated valuation, $100 million. Andrew Ross Sorkin spoke to the datager, is he a datager? Mark D'Amelio. Good morning to you and thank you for waking up so early. It's nice to see you. Good morning. So so what's going on here? You're creating your own brand. You know, I know you've partnered with so many different brands over the years, but now you're creating your own? Yeah, it's been it's been the natural progression. We started off with Charlie doing uh, $50 TikTok promotions and then it uh, moved to bigger deals and then we partnered with companies with with a little bit of equity, and now we're started this brand company where we're going to go out and uh, create a bunch of different brands and own the IP. And we took on a bunch of great investors, and and it's it's a little bit surreal, and it's a it's it's very exciting. Okay, we got to back up for a second. So you guys have done deals with Puma, Valentino, Dunkin' Donuts, all, all those, I and mean, and that didn't start at fifty though. Those I think were a lot higher. So. What what were those prices? Just 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 to put it on the table, how mu- how much is a is is a TikTok post worth these days? It's it's six figures. Six figures a post. Yeah. Yes. Not for me. I'm, I'll do it for for very cheap. But uh, my 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 daughters get a, get a get a decent amount of money. So. And in terms of creating your own IP and brand, is this going to be? Your own brand? Is this going to be a collabs with other brands? What does that look like? Currently, we're doing 100% owned brands that we start, create, get the trademark, do the uh, get get the IP, and um, go out there and and do everything that it takes to create create a company. And what kind of spaces are we talking about? And and separately related to that, does that mean that you won't take on? sponsorships or other types of relationships with other brands that may then start to compete with your own? So we're, we're definitely segmenting it where we're picking companies that we do endorsements with that are larger companies that we that we really think aligns with, with our family brand. Um, and then we also, interestingly enough, we UTA, which is our agent, invested in D'Amelio Brands, which makes it, which is great for us because we feel that as we, if we move things from uh, normal endorsements over to the brand side, uh, UTA who's been great to us comes along with us. Who's the model for you in all of this? There's plenty of models out there that we, there's been tons of, of celebrity influencer brands. I think one of the things we've done is people often say, oh, that they started and and that brand came out of nowhere. But there's all this planning that goes in. My background is in, is, is in brands. I've been in the garment center my entire career. And um, but I think this is the first time where we've actually gotten or one of the first times that we got seed money um, with with the idea that we're going to create these brands. And 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 it happened pretty quickly, and and we, as you know, Andrew, we have a lot of really incredible investors. Mark, so a lot of the, the folks watching us are invested in a lot of the big social media companies that you spend a lot of time on. So just, I'm curious how you think about them, uh, either both as a consumer of them or as investors might want to think about them. You know, where do you put TikTok today? Where do you put an Instagram, which of course is part of Meta? 
How are you thinking about YouTube in terms of short form and everything else, which is, of course, owned by Alphabet Google? Yeah, I mean, social media is here to stay. I'm not telling your viewers anything they don't they don't know. Um, TikTok has been incredible. I think as they start to um, get involved in doing more ads and you can link Shopify up to it, it's going to be a revenue stream for big creators and small creators. Um, Instagram is doing a great job. Um, we also, you know, we work with Triller, who's who's going to be going public soon. Um, and and we I don't really have we don't have favorites. We just they're all kind of different and they're all working conju in conjunction with, and you don't with think each other. Five years from now, if we're talking about this there's a winner in all this, a clear winner. Yeah, I mean, I mean, TikTok seems to be the one that has figured it out. I know I find myself the 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 for you page and the algorithm just speak to me. Um, you know, whatever whatever your interests are, it seems to find you. Um, in Instagram is, is doing that with, with reels. And then YouTube's also doing it with, with shorts, but the algorithm with YouTube with, with TikTok is just incredible. Mark, I uh, want to wish you a lot of luck. We appreciate uh, you joining us this morning and waking up so early on the West coast. Uh, Andrew, thanks. thanks a lot. Appreciate it, my man. You bet. And that's Squawk Pod for today, this first day of School Feeling Tuesday. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. I don't know, it's weird. It's, it's, it's like fair is foul and foul is fair. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the very best of Squawk Box, all the smartest interviews and thoughtful analysis from our TV show right into your ears, please follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.